Well, grab a seat, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, it is time for Flip and Friends. I am lucky enough to be your host, Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis. Also check out That Davis Show on Tuesdays is when we record it. Usually Wednesdays is when we drop it. Uh, the executive producer of Flippin' Friends and That Davis Show is one Ryan Bukabeski. Please follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski One. And contributor We Are Riga Radio and co-host to Second City Sports with Lakina McGee, the one and the only Sidney Brown. Follow him at SidKid82. I mean, SidKid80. I was about to say, how are you guys <laughs> doing? Not 82, SidKid80. Uh, make sure you follow Sid. Make sure you follow We Are Riga Radio for all the dope articles and also all the dope podcasts that uh, Kyle is dropping over there. Him, Sidney, uh, uh, Ryan, of course, uh, my boy Josh uh, Hicks and also uh, Drew over there doing a few things, too. So make sure you support all the guys at We Are Rigor Radio uh, because they're out there trying to bring you content and fill up your day with useful information. We had the passing of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, she had been fighting cancer. We had known a couple months ago that uh, she, she, she had, uh, the cancer had returned. Uh, she said she was going to fight it. Uh, we knew she was trying to wait until 45 gets out of office before she gave up that spot. Um, machine gun Mitch is already in full machine gun mode as far as what they're going to try to do, as far as getting uh, someone to replace that seat and continue to turn the Supreme Court conservative. Um, I believe it's now like, what is it, five? I think it was five to four before. Five to four, five to four. So it's going to sit there and, and CB seven to three. Uh, we're, we're lucky that Justice Kennedy, when it came to DACA, went the other way uh, recently when they had the, of the Supreme Court. But listen, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead. Uh, what were you two guys' thoughts when you heard the information yesterday evening? Uh, it was obviously, uh, I don't think a good thing. I think she was regarded as a really terrific Supreme Court judge. And she definitely was extremely tough going through cancer and still doing her full workload. So I respect her for doing that. Hopefully, uh, you know, she's just replaced with somebody that's capable of doing the job and is a good selection. And now you suddenly got a, a massive log on this election coming up here. You get to throw this down. Cause aren't they debating pretty soon? Like, I'm sure yes, this is going to yes. be a question. Yes. I think in a couple of weeks. No, I think it has to be because usually they do. They, I think they're doing three, so it has to be coming up. One has to be coming up in a week or so, I would think. I know Ryan is looking it up now. Um, like you said, Ryan, it definitely it adds more to the upcoming election. Uh, we could sit there and say perhaps if Donald Trump is voted out of office, uh, that the Republicans during the lame duck session are still going to try to push through a nominee, which would go and against the face of what Mitch McConnell was saying when uh, uh, President Obama was sitting there in February before the elections in October. And still, um, they sat there and kept Merrick Garland from uh, being appointed. So now we're going to see the Republicans. And Mitch is going to be like, well, he was an outgoing president. This president has one more term. And try to use all these lies and just instead of just going by the same rules that you set in action, uh, during the last administration, which shouldn't necessarily take place. Uh, one of the things, too, and I mean, I, I want to give props to uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg for being uh, such a, a great um, uh, uh, Supreme Court justice, being someone that helped out with um, uh, minorities, uh, LBGTQ, uh, disenfranchised. But also I, I think about, and it's funny, one of the things when I, being a person on the outside looking in, and I'm talking about feminism particularly, um, 
sometimes there's a disconnect between white feminists and black feminists or white feminists looking at minority feminists. And sometimes with her, I know that pops up. Now, I don't necessarily know enough about it. I, I read through it, but I'm, I'm not necessarily a feminist. I'm a dude that I still should be more informed. I, I blame myself for that. Um, it makes me think back to the Kaepernick situation where she thought him taking the knee was stupid. Um, again, I'm not trying to uh, denigrate her, and, and, and I know it comes off like that. I think she was an a, a awesome person. Let me say a person, not a woman. She's an awesome person in general when you look at being a woman, how she had to go through so much as far as being in a, at Harvard Law, being the only woman there, or maybe it was only three women in the entire class. It's 500 people in the class. I think she graduated from uh, Columbia or Cornell. I think Columbia uh, after that. Uh, to a fantastic woman, um, just sitting there trying to still point out some of the things and nuances that make a person a human being. But Sid, what, was, what were your thoughts when you found out the information? It, it was it's my fault. I didn't, I didn't know much about her, but I was watching different programs and reading different articles yesterday about her. And like you guys mentioned, she was a trailblazer for women, especially at the time where she grew up and when she first got into the Supreme Court, that women weren't being held at higher positions at that time. Now looking forward to 2020, you're seeing more of inclusiveness, not just racially in the workplace, but gender as well. Women being uh, placed at higher position at major corporations. And you can thank people like her for setting the trail for uh, not just other women, for other people in general to follow. So she should, she should be commended for that. Flipping friends, one thing I did see on the news today, and I would take it that perhaps they were being somewhat uh, facetious and they were joking. Someone mentioned that they should appoint Anita Hill to that seat so she can sit there and be the spur in Justice Thomas's ass. Uh, basically, if you don't remember <laughs> the Hill situation when he was being confirmed some 25 years ago, uh, a young lady came forward and said that he sexually harassed her. It was Anita Hill. Mm -hmm. They did everything, including, I believe, Joe Biden to sit there and, and paint this young lady as a liar, and it couldn't be true so that uh, Justice Thomas could be sit, if it can get that sit, I mean, that uh, court seat. Uh, but I did hear that, and I, I found it somewhat, uh, I found it funny, even though I don't know enough. And I, I do check in with Anita Hill because I know she was out last year recently talking about what happened or a year before with, with Kavanaugh, I believe. Um, but I don't even know what she's doing in, uh, right now. Uh, if, if necessarily she has uh, everything is, it, as far as legitimacy for that. I could definitely be wrong again. I'm not sure. But I, I would like to see, honestly, I would like to see a black woman get that, that, that justice seat. You know what I'm saying? I think it's time to have a, a black woman who, and also that's uh, leftist leaning. Um, you know, with, with, with Thomas, you got a black man, but he's a conservative. Um, I think it's time to have a sister in there. Uh, to take that seat. If not, have a, um, yeah, definitely a sister, because, I mean, you got Sodom Aura in there repping her folks, so it's time to get a sister in there uh, repping, uh, repping us and repping, you know, uh, black women uh, and, and women of minority and all women. And we just don't want to leave to that. But still, you know, if you got somebody in there for you, you would hope they're looking out for you because that's what everybody else does. But for some reason, when we get in that position, it's bad if we try to do that for our own, quote unquote, even though that's the way the system has been rigged and the way the system has been played, uh, to say the least. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts as far as uh, the GOP trying to rush somebody up in there? And if you had a choice of who <coughs> Uh, Justice Ginsburg, who would you go with? I have no idea who I would replace her with, to be honest. But I was going to ask you that with the GOP. I mean, uh, I would think 
uh, usually the playbook for these type of things is who's ever not in the White House is like trying to block the other from making a pick whenever these seats come available. So it just seems perfectly in line. I wouldn't be surprised though if he wanted a candidate. Maybe he'd go with Judge Judy or something like that for the oh Supreme my Court. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> Oh, you suck on many levels for that one to say the Why? <laughs> I would think that's a perfect Listen, Trump candidate. Do you think Judge Judy would give up all that money that she's making to go sit in the Supreme Court? I wonder if she would. That's a good question. I wonder would the title be enough for her to give up all the cash that that lady makes. See, go ahead. I think of her as like one of those coaches in college that has amassed this this giant amount of money, but they want to go in the pros and just see what it would be like. Uh, just try taste. to do that bucket list just challenge. Taste. Just a taste. And she's amassed such a fortune. Like, she's dominated college judging. Now she needs to go to the pro <laughs> judge game. <laughs> I fucks with you. I fucks with you. I fucks with you. All right, all right. Uh, Mike Dicker calls kneeling during the anthem disrespectful. This is uh, from Yahoo Sports. He says, get the hell out of the country. If you can't respect our national anthem, get the hell out of the country. Uh, Dickett, legendary Hall of Fame coach, reiterated his stance. Uh, the athletes uh, should not be kneeling during the national anthem. He called the protest the flag in the country and would prefer it not to happen. In his new league, the X League, uh, a women's tackle league, which used to be the lingerie league uh, years back. Um, listen, man, he says this real quick. If you can't respect our national anthem, get the hell out of the country. That's the way I feel. Of course, I'm old-fashioned. I'm only going to say what I feel. I think there's a way to protest, and there's a way to don't protest. Now, to let you know, that doesn't that goes against what protesting and all of this protesting is all about. All right, it's a way you protest and the way you don't protest because the protest is supposed to annoy people in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of how you get people to change because you're not protesting when they think it's proper protesting time. You don't disrespect them. Uh, you don't. Dis you don't protest against the flag, and you don't have to protest against this country who's giving you an opportunity to make a living playing a sport you never thought would happen. So I don't want you to hear. I don't want to hear all that crap. So there goes again. The old. You should be happy. You're so lucky. And I mean, I want you to really pay attention to what he's saying behind his words. Pro football, fo fo sports in general. You have to be great to get there. That's that's the great thing about sports, right? They, 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 if you're great, you should be given the time to make sure that you rise to that certain level. So these players aren't fortunate. They're, they're gifted enough, and they work diligently enough to get to that certain level that they achieve. He's making it seem like they're fortunate to get that. He wasn't for, he bust his ass to get there and be an Iron Mike as a tight end. It wasn't because he was fortunate. It's because he was rugged, and he went out there and did what he needed to do. So when you're sitting there and saying these things, you're being racist, because why are you trying to say that these guys are so lucky when they bust their hump to get there? All right, and also it's the um, the deafness of saying that they're protesting against the flag in the country. Why don't you just own up to the fact that they're not protesting against that? You just still don't like it, you know? Because the real reason that you won't address that is because you know that your argument falls on deaf ears if you're pointing out, yeah, I know they're protesting against cops. I still don't like it because then it's going to be like, wait, what? So you don't care if these people are are being killed by the cops or whatever? No, you don't want to say that. You want to go to that. That, that, that old narrative that was used during when Cap was uh, blackballed out of the league, that they're doing it against the flag, and we know they're not doing it against the flag. So I remember when Charles Ritchie, friend of the show, uh, he got Mike Dick on his show years back, and this was when we was at the school. We was all kind of like, 
He's like, yeah, you guys want to get? We was like, no, we don't want Vic on the show. Right? <laughs> like, I actually I'm, remember that. Yeah, it was like we're good, yeah. Dicka, because it's gonna go left. Because if we're being true to us, we're gonna ask him some questions, and if then if still being true to us, we're not just gonna let him say whatever. I mean, we're all grown ass men. It doesn't mean growing up here, we didn't have an affinity for for Iron Mike as the head coach of the of the Bears. But man, dude, you you've lit, you've benefited off of these Black Lives as a coach, and you you still don't understand and care to understand. So fuck Mike Dicker. Uh, for me, with good old uh, Iron Mike, I agree with everything you're saying, and I I just think it's funny in general how. You know, he's just like a football player slash coach. Like, who are you to tell anybody how they should or should not protest? Like, what authority does that give you? Because you won a Super Bowl? Like, who cares, dude? You're not some extra patriot or something like that, that you have the right to maybe say something like that. And then, you know, I just – I don't get why he – it's like he, like, you know, just has a broken record kind of like thought process on this because he has said this so many times it's like it doesn't make any sense and you got to think about it logistically like if your protest doesn't have any attention it's not a very good protest facts right you need uh you need a lot of attention for a protest to be successful you need people to have reaction to it Mm -hmm. and we know uh Iron Mike, he's not listening to anybody or anything on this, and he doesn't care. He's got his feelings, and it just it just feels very selfish from him, even though he's trying to make it sound like he's being unselfish or something. Real quick, case in point, we knew during the civil rights movement, uh, especially when it came to um, nonviolent protests, the thing was, and we've seen that in Selma, was to get the cameras on them being beaten by the cops so the people around the nation could actually see that they're sitting there taking this abuse, but the police and and authorities are still beating and harassing them, even though these people aren't even fighting back. So these people were supposed to do what? Wait to the middle of the night with no no cameras out there and to get beaten in the darkness and nobody can see because last thing we want to do is interrupt your Sunday, your Sunday or weekend uh, television watching those 60 minutes taking place at that moment with us us poor Negroes getting our heads bust, right? We don't want, oh, Lord, we don't want to do that to you, son. We're going to wait to the middle of the night to get our head bust but nobody can see us. Like, I mean, that's kind of what he's saying, and there's a right place to protest, and it's not during the beginning of my damn game. I mean, again, I, 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 the, 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 the total deafness of this country to the point where we don't have to like each other, but we can still agree on what's right. Like, that, that's the problem. Like, you don't have to like this brown skin on my face, right? But you and I can still come to some agreement on right and wrong, regardless, not based on color, based on, listen, if it's your white face, would you like this to happen to you? No. Guess what? I don't like it to happen to me either. That doesn't mean we got to go saying kumbaya and be best friends and hold hands. But that's easy to agree on something like that. I just think that Mike Dick is looking for attention at this point. And whatever opposition points of view, he's not going to agree with. So I think we should just ignore him. But people like Dicka are looking for quote-unquote style points because if they don't do it exactly the way you want them to do it, then there's a problem. It's almost like the whole shut up and dribble thing. Let's just say you had a point, kid, and I disagree with you. Uh, you should be fired. You should be thrown away, thrown in a trash can. But if I agree with you, you're the greatest thing of all time. I think that's what Mike Dickens' personality is at this point. He's of age. He can 
say just about whatever he wants to say. But like you said, we don't have to agree with him, but you you have to respect me as a person. But I think he's just looking for attention any way he can at this point because he's irrelevant. I totally agree with you. Uh, still sticking with bigotry and ignorance, I want to share my screen real quick. We got a good old 45 doing things that only 45 could do. The crusade against American history is toxic propaganda, ideological poison that, if not removed, will dissolve. The civic bonds that tie us together will destroy our country. We want our sons and daughters to know that they are the citizens of the most exceptional nation in the history of the world. has warped, distorted, and defiled the American story with deceptions, falsehoods, and lies. Students in our universities are inundated with critical race theory. This is a Marxist doctrine holding that America is a wicked and racist nation, that even young children are complicit in oppression, and that our entire society must be radically transformed. By viewing every issue through the lens of race, they want to impose a new segregation, and we must not allow that to happen. So, that was just a little bit of this um, 1776 bill uh, that Trump is putting out there, because, I mean, it's a black person. Anytime I hear 1776, I know it was a good time for me back in those days. You know what I'm saying, Cindy Brown? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, those sound like good times right there, sir. But, um, <laughs> it's so I don't listen to be what thirteen percent of this country. Man, I don't know why they don't like us so much. Like I don't understand. Like to sit there and make it seem like first of all, black people don't have enough power. To, and I know he said the left, so he's basically talking about, he's talking about Democrats, but especially radical Democrats, quote unquote. That's not to say that they're not some radical Democrats. That's not, by, by no means will I go ahead and say anything like that. But to sit in here and act like we don't know the good parts of America, listen, if we know the good parts of America, we wouldn't still be here in America. You know what I'm saying? There's, no one's saying America is pure evil, but the point is America doesn't want to talk about the things that it did that was bad and take care of those issues in the past, especially when some people benefit from them. Benefit from them. They benefit from them then, they benefit from them now. And instead of like talking about people are trying to blame babies for systemic racism, well, let's go back to counter what you're saying there. No one's blaming the child. Actually, we're talking about, because we, we believe no one is born racist, we're talking about the people in that child's home that raise that child and indoctrinate that child with that type of mindset. So that's what you're, you're really kind of skirting around 45 when you say stuff like that. He's very dangerous, and I mean, I, I, I mean that, I mean that sincerely. He's a very, he's a very dangerous individual because his lies keep people to think in the same type of silo and tell them that what they're thinking is okay. There's nothing wrong to say, for instance, and this isn't my feeling. You know, necessarily, I turn on the TV. I don't like seeing black people on the TV. Now, there's something wrong to it, but I understand why you feel like that. Or there's two men kissing, right? 
but you shouldn't feel like you should be able to stop those people from doing it. And that's the, so you can turn your station. You don't have to watch BET. You can go watch PAX and be straight fine with it. You know, whatever you watch, no one, you can watch Fox News. No one, no one forces you to watch MSNBC. You can watch Fox News. And you, that doesn't say that everyone does that. You do that. But to, to, to sit there and still impose your will upon me and tell me that I should just get over it is bullshit. And to sit there and try to do this revisionist history and make it seem like that everything America has done, the man doesn't own up to systemic racism. Like, what's, what's wrong with saying, you know what, yeah, this system was built against someone. Like, if, if you're saying that you're going to sit there and offend people by telling the truth, then I, I want nothing to do with you or those people if the truth is that offensive towards, towards them that, that you can't even spew it whatsoever. I, I, again, people can tell me the truth. I may not believe it. I may not, I may not want to believe it. But if it's facts and it's based in, in science and, and, and information, then, yeah, I'll have to adapt to it and have to learn how to grow with it. But the fact that these people want to be so ignorant is um, it's disdainful, to say the least, Sid. Uh, I, I agree just about everything you said. Can we talk about with, with issues like this all the time with history, not just us as black Americans, but as Americans in general? People in today's society are too sensitive. And uh, it's, it's, in many aspects, it's cool to be ignorant. And, you know, I really debunked that. But if we were going to tell everything, tell the truth, the good and the bad, especially about our history, not just of our own culture, but of the United States of America as well. There's many layers to this. People think it's just or one or two things is not true. Just like, you know, solving the problem. It didn't take us over, overnight to get here. It took time. It'll take time for, for change to happen wherever the problem is as well. So if, like you said, if the truth offends you, there's something wrong with you, not the person that actually is telling it to you. Yes, it's not just what you say. It's, it's the way you say it. But if you're offended by the truth, you have to look deep inside of you. Uh, the only thing I would add, because you guys, I think, have done excellent job of describing and summarizing the issue with this. Uh, you got to be, like, understanding of when we cheapen our systems, like, that's where they start breaking down really easily. And, you know, basically, in general, I think most people hate uh, history in terms of students in school. A lot of them just dislike it and i understand why we talked about this before mm. i mean with no child left behind everything's like standardized tests now so you can't it's a b or c or d right so you got to have names dates uh specific things you can't have abstract thought really and history is a lot of abstract thought but it's sticking to the facts it's understanding mindset it's it's seeing how cause and effect have this relationship, how things can build a certain way and then they end up like this. So don't do that because you've learned from a mistake so you can avoid future problems. And enacting a bill like this just, I mean, it just enhances the chances like you put it, uh, Ken, how dangerous this is. Cause it's like, you just enhance every possibility of this going bad or, just us making a lot of idiotic mistakes because we're not learning from the mistakes we made before. And you would think from when we try to combine Bible and the school together, I was going to say that. Out, I was going to say that. Maybe we don't just try to do alternate facts all the time when it doesn't fit your narrative. Yeah, you know, like creationism, right? Um, yeah. The thing is this too, Ryan. We don't even talk about history, true history in the first place. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the nitty gritty of really talking about what really happened. 
and everyone's side of it, right? So instead of even getting down to true history, we're still going to make up, go, go back to make-believe or rose-colored glasses history uh, for, for what we are, for what the victors have already won, you know, his story, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's just, it's very dangerous. And we play with this like it's a game and this is going, there's going to be vibrations for the rest of our lives from what took place in this, this administration. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's going to be another dude like this who's going to be more cunning. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's going to be a guy like this that's way more cunning than Trump. Knows when to say what and when, and not just to go half-heartedly and say some stuff and not know when he's lying and when to shut up. There's going to be a, a much more cunning cat that can galvanize this base, but also is going to be able to bring in some more people because he's going to be a, a much, much more sophisticated liar. <laughs> And it kind of reminds me, too, of No Child Left Behind. Like, that didn't work out well at all. And this is just another one of those things. Like, let's ensure that the system in place stays in place, even though it sucks. Switching off something with a little bit of levity that's not even funny. A uh, New York City college student uh, who asked this from Yahoo News asked two cops why they weren't wearing face masks. Got plenty of attitude, but not much of an answer. It's funny when you talk about somebody talking to cops and getting plenty of attitude. You're giving, you're giving off a lot of attitude right there. Right here. Oh, wait till you see their attitude. I know this one. <laughs> this, this one was- if I don't wear a mask in the subway. What? Just define it. probably just me or for you guys if I don't All wear right. a mask. All right. I'm just curious. Like, well, you got other Actually, it care. states that as long as you can maintain six feet distance, you don't have to wear the mask. Well, you if you want to step within six feet of me, I'll gladly put on the mask. Okay. So would you like to do that? I mean, I feel like you guys are living less than six feet of each other. You're the one that approached us, so would you but want I'm to six keep feet the away, distance? I'm six, six feet away, though. So. Okay, now we're six feet away, and you I don't have, have to wear my mask. I mean, I mean, you guys, I mean, you should probably wear a mask during global You're pandemic. the person that calls someone, you know what I mean? Like someone selling water bottle on the streets. You're the person that calls them. That's what you are. All right, Carrie, you're like the middle version of Carrie. So have a nice day. Really, sir? Oh, yeah. Hold on, what's your name? Yeah, you know, I'm ready to say. Okay, yeah, have a nice you. day, man. Thank you, you too. Yeah, you too. Take care, Carrie. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for protecting us during a pandemic. So. <laughs> <laughs> My man was sitting there was like, oh, you want those people to call somebody for selling water. So let me tell you how bogus this is. Now he's accusing him of basically what happened to Eric Gardner, right, for selling loose cigarettes or whatever in New York City, right? When he's like, oh, you're a Karen, you're a person that calls somebody because they're selling water. And it's like, you shouldn't joke about that. Uh, I don't I, I don't know if that cop was being serious or not. I don't want to just sit there and just integrate cops just because that's kind of what it is. Uh, right now, uh, they should have been wearing masks because it's the same thing kind of with the president. People kind of go off of what you see. If you see, you walk into a place and you see cops wearing masks, you're going to be more likely to put your mask on because you don't want them to take masks. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of in the same thing. But I did find that that cop was pretty hilarious when he called that young man Karen. Uh, that, was, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> that, one that young man, in fact, let me get his name right. I believe it is uh, Mihai Sikon or Siokon. Is the young man's name, but uh, yeah, that one uh, he put his foot. That man put his foot in that one, man. Those those cops was uh, full of vitriol. What did you guys think when you saw uh, male Karen in the cop? It reminded me of like every cop like transaction I've had with them, or however you want to put it. Like anytime, it's just always this like alphaness coming from cops. Like, oh yeah, the law is this, but if you want to come closer, I'll put on my mask. Is that what you want to do? Like, it's just so attitude-y, so bossy. And then the other guy's just like, I don't care what your complaint is, man. 
just move it along. And it's like, oh, there it is. I give him any type of criticism, and then all the feathers get ruffled. We're always serving and protecting, so get off our ass or whatever. So, I don't know. It, it was funny because uh, it just felt like every time I see cops, this is what I see. It seemed like that was a weird, uh, tra- uh, I'm not like a better term, uh, transaction between those cops and that person filming the, filming the video. Uh, th- those cops are um, for using a loosely term abusing their power. It's like they should have been wearing wearing masks. And uh, like like you said, Ken, if you see most of the people, including people that are higher up, they're supposed to wear their mask. Wear their mask. Uh, other people will wear their mask as well. So why those cops weren't wearing their mask when they was close to, to that person, I'm not sure. That it was just being reckless to me. I totally agree with you, Sydney. I mean. Again, people are human beings, but they have to also have to have a responsibility. Uh, so mm-hmm. they should have been wearing masks. They also, they were indoors too. You know what I'm saying? So this wasn't even a situation where these, even though there was no one near those gentlemen, they were indoors. All right. Now mm-hmm. in the park, I'd be, I'd be more understanding. But if you're moving indoors in general, listen, I'm not in jewels like, oh yeah, over here, I'm all by myself. I don't need my mask on. No, I'm in there. My mask is, my mask is on. As soon as I hop out the car and, you know, until I get back in the car. And that depends on if I'm going to hop out again right when I get back, if I leave it on or not. So, I mean, and that, listen, I'm not here to protect and serve and also be someone that the, 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 the person is supposed to necessarily look to for guidance. I'm just a regular Joe. But I know to do that, and that's just necessarily how I move, and I believe that's how those cops should be moving. Can cops uh, be leaders or role models ever? Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, they should They should be – I think, first of all, that's hard to put that on anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's hard to put that on someone. But this is the thing, too, and we talked about this last week, about the power dynamic and how because they're so used to getting their way, when someone says something against what they're saying, they take offense to it because they're used to getting their, their way. But guess what? If you like that type of authority, then you have to take on the responsibilities of having that type of authority. You know what I'm saying? So if you like to be able to tell someone, hey, move, get your ass over there, then you need to take on the responsibility of not just keeping us safe because there's a man with a gun or someone trying to sell drugs, but keeping us safe because if you have on a mask, that implies that I need to wear a mask because you are somebody that if something was happening, I would look for guidance towards, right? So the same thing applies in that way. I'm not not asking you to tell my son um, how to tie a slipknot and type of man he needs to be, right? No, I'm just asking you to sit there and be an image of what we need to do while we're going through a pandemic right now, because people do look towards you like that. Like if, if for instance, if I see a cop jaywalking, I'm jaywalking, right? I, and I'm right. I, <laughs> if I see a cop doing something, I'd be like, Hey, don't, cause I want them to know, don't you think that you can just do that, right? You're doing it in front of me. Cool. We all doing it then. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think that the cops should sit there and be an example. Let's even let's say a role model. They should be an example. All right, that's, that's, that's kind of what we're looking for. You to be an example of how we should be moving through a pandemic. All right, Flipper friends, I'm Kenneth Davis. You know Ryan B. Ski, you know Sidalicious. Sidalicious! <laughs> <laughs> with the Jose Abreu, Abreu uh, home and away jersey in the background. Uh, we'll see who's going to be the MVP as long as he's a White Sox player. We don't really care. Shout out. I think Sydney's showing his MVP finalist for this year. Oh yeah, so who you got? Yeah. Jose, you got Jose over uh, Tim Anderson. 
Yes, it's Jose and Jose at number two. Okay, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. And then third can be somebody else. All right, so listen. Uh, Maya Moore, former WNBA player, may return. He's, has been played for two years, fighting for uh, the exoneration of a Mr. Irons who was falsely and, and imprisoned. Uh, but we come to find out there was a little bit more then this, just that on there is Maya Moore and uh, Sir Irons, or Mrs. Mrs. Irons, I should say. Uh, we come to find out that these two have are man and wife. So I would definitely want to get you guys' reaction after we watch this. It's been two months since Jonathan Irons was released from prison after serving 23 years for a wrongful conviction with the help of WNBA superstar Maya Moore. I'm dedicating my life to freeing Jonathan the same way I dedicated myself to each game in the WNBA. Maya stepping away from basketball at the height of her career to fight for Jonathan's freedom. I feel like I can live life now, man. I'm free, I'm blessed. That overturned conviction, only one of several major life changes for the duo, now working on a get out the vote campaign. Vote for your community. Vote for justice. These days, they're working together as activists and as a little more than that. We are super excited to continue the work that we've been doing together, but uh, doing it as a married couple. So we we got married a, a couple months ago. Maya's family working in prison ministry, making the introduction when she was 18, more than a decade ago. And just over time, it was it was pretty clear what the Lord was doing in our hearts. And uh, now we're sitting here today, starting a whole new chapter together. Jeremy popped the question a few years ago, but told Maya not to answer just yet. She's such an amazing, beautiful person. I, I, I can never trap her and, you know, not let her fulfill her dreams of, you know, being a wife and being a mother one day. Saying he'd ask her again if he was ever free until finally, with her help, he was. I got down on my knees and I looked up at her and she, she kind of knew what was going on. I said, uh, will you marry me? She said, yes, <laughs> here we are today. Now the couple is making a proposal of their own to everyone else. We're basically trying to just educate the public and you know, just in, get them engaged in the, in the voting process and just uh, being, more, being more involved in you know, what's going on with our country. And we definitely, we, we're looking to try to get a guest to talk about this, to take it to a serious place. But while we're on the flip, we about to fuck around with it a little bit. Right. <laughs> Good, because I got a huge fuck around coming. All right, so listen, I mean, one of my boys hit me up. And uh, my first reaction was like, damn, I remember the joke that um, Chris Rock said about finding out that Jermaine Dupree was dating Janet Jackson. It was basically like, we all could have had him, right? And I was like, so you telling me we all could have been with Maya Moore? <laughs> she been bowling, motherfuckers. Right, that was my position. And I'm joking. This is way more serious. And she just said her family would deal with, uh, deal with ministry. I believe her godfather or godparent introduced her to him before her freshman year at UConn. So we're talking about when she was 17, 18 years old. It's how long she knew Irons. So I'm joking. But to know that, like, She's playing in the WNBA ball, and I was thinking, like, is she joking with people? Like, and they was like, girl, I'm having issues with my man. And she's like, I know what my man is. Solitary confinement. Iron behind iron. 
do you listen? How do you walk in jail, right? When you got and listen, at first you can be like, man, she lying to me, right? She ain't she don't care about me like that. You got a WNBA MVP, all right, sitting out to get you out of jail. Your jailhouse swagger is different, right? Like a motherfucker can't tell you shit in jail when when a WNBA player is not even playing because she fighting to get you. You know you get this motherfucker basically, right? Like I thought about like, how, listen. Now, do you give yourself the full wash like that first day when he was out? Did he get himself like? Oh yeah, yeah. But or did he wait till he got to the hotel to get even a better wash? Because I mean, just hell no. He cashed in the shower tokens and took okay. two that day. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! My coming to get me up out of this motherfucker. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. How many UConn legends you know? I don't know what the fuck y'all gonna be doing up there. Right. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good stuff. It's definitely great what they're doing. I wish them the most. Um, it's a, he's been in jail for 23 years. That's an adjustment. Yeah. All right. That's that's that. Regardless of, I mean, he's innocent, but he's still been in jail 23 years. Uh, so hopefully they can grow as a couple or whatever. But I was just like, and also I thought this, listen, y'all, I, again, I, regardless of what their profession is, there's, there are beautiful women in the WNBA. Y'all need to stop fucking sleeping on them. All right. Because they, <laughs> they out here waiting, bro. They out here. I'm just telling you, they out here, they, they waiting. They got, clearly they got degrees because there's, there's very few that skip their final year of college. They usually get their degrees. They, they play around the world, so they're cultural. I mean, they, so listen, man. Go and get, they love basketball. Exactly. Go get your <laughs> Goodness. Man, I, I be riding from my Dehemiah. I'm in jail, even though I'm, I'm, I'm in jail right now. I'm about Thank to be you. wrongly right? convicted. Exactly. Listen, don't, don't worry about meeting me at the front of the prison. I'll meet you where you need. Yeah. Me. I don't want you to see me like this. Yeah. Love, love, Ken. <laughs> XO, XO. So, right, what, right. What did you think, Ryan? Well, like you said, props to both of them. Like, great story, great work by Maya and her family and what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that Jeremy is now living as a free man after he was wrongly convicted for 20 years. He's free. He ain't got to wait for that uh, wrongful. Wrongful uh, uh, confinement lawsuit. He, he, yeah. <laughs> he got an advance in jail. What is those are you wearing? He's like, these are my 11s. And I get <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I had my producer hat on, and I was like, next big reality TV show right here. Lawyers mm. working on convicted, sentenced people that are about to get out, and they do it for love. Mm. Now, listen, let me ask you this, because this is one of the reasons why I, um, the, the ESPN article, and I asked you to get the uh, author of the article, the journalist, because she was trying to point out that don't belittle this because Maya was doing it for love, because before we thought she was doing it out of right and wrong, which you still can, but it doesn't make it lesser that she was in love with this man that she helped free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's like The Bachelor. That is built on the idea of actual people doing that and finding actual love and not making a full game out of it. So what Maya did is completely respectable and should right. be taken seriously. I'm trying to cheapen it and make a profit off of it 
by turning it into a giant sideshow with a bunch of crazy lawyers and prisoners that are falling in love. And the lawyers fall in love with some of the people too. Yes, no, it's all, they gotta be, it's like 90 day fiance, it's like yeah. 90 day till release. And we gotta like work on the case. But one person ends up not getting released. Listen, the couple that looked like they were gonna be the best one, you find out, dude ain't getting out. Now we got that, we gotta deal with that point. Like, who's wrong? He was actually guilty. After watching this fucking um, married at the first, like you, you see them for the first time and y'all are getting married show. Mm-hmm. Not my shows, but it's, it's caught me. One girl is a virgin on there. And uh, so her and her, Ooh. yeah, are dealing with that. You know what I'm saying? It's different. It's a different type of thing. But Sid, what were your thoughts on uh, Mrs. Irons and her husband? Yeah, Brian just took the words right out, of, right out of my mouth. You know that I like to play conspiracy theories every now and then. So, and she, you know, it's presented to the world that she did it, like you said, because it was the quote unquote right thing to do because he was wrong and convicted. Yes, that happens in uh, more times than not. But I think she was doing it for selfish reasons. Let's let's, let's let's just be real here. She met him a long time ago, right? Eighteen, he's apparently. Been in, yeah, he's been in jail for all these years, so she knows that literally he's not going anywhere. Let's just assume, because I don't know this to be true. <laughs> let's just assume that Maya Moore was dating other men, whether they cheated on her or things just didn't work out or whatever. They were those men were compatible. This was this was her fallback plan. What's up, all by plan? All right. Uh, go to the guy who's literally in prison that you met a long time ago. What? He's just what's, your friend. Your fallback plan is to get him out of jail, too. Like, <laughs> hmm. First of all, he's my fallback, but also I got to get him exonerated. That's how. There you go. <laughs> all right, Sidney. That's a, that's a classic TV show plot right there. Saving a man. Oh, Sydney, you can I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> this is serious right here. He said, my We need the X Files. Do you know what? Right you, Do you believe? You, you cheat on me as much as you want because I got me some dick in jail right now waiting on <laughs> Oh, that's the other thing with the show, like all the concubines and everything. They got to make the, the oh. confessional booths. Oh, my goodness. That was foul, Sydney. That was foul. <laughs> It is not good. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Switching off on another note. <laughs> <laughs> we got the debut of a machine that's near and dear to some of our hearts. I don't know how much uh, body, how much of our bodies we're gonna have to sell to get someone. But the PS5 is here. Ryan, you sent me this commercial. <laughs> it looks good though it does it does it does it does well yeah that one I agree with you we did a new one but that one was so funny because it was like I'm gonna tell you this <laughs> well it's the thing too now for instance I get why getting a dish so when they showed the two side by side if you didn't pay attention one of them didn't have a dock for discs that one is just digital so you'd be downloading all your games now, mm-hmm. I don't like that because digital games basically the, the price doesn't decrease because it's brand new all the damn time. So I can go to GameStop and get an old game either used or brand new, but it's the price is marked down uh, compared to a digital. Mm-hmm. So again, I get the convenience of digital, even though you got to have a lot of space uh, for that game. 
But for me, man, always give me my, I always listen, give me the both options all the time now. I if I can get a hybrid and an electric, I'm gonna take that hybrid. I mean, I want the 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 the, the, the mileage and all, but I still may need that gas. Yeah. Um I think they've been a little bit better at when anything gets marked down, the digital gets marked down through like the PlayStation store or any of the others. I'm excited to see what the media center contacts is with that PlayStation because Xbox one is way more of a media center than PlayStation four is. And so they don't have like the picture in picture stuff that like Xbox has. And it's more of like a media center overall. So I'm excited about that. But man, these games are looking fresh coming off PlayStation. I saw this Harry Potter game. It looks so awesome on PlayStation really? 5. Really? It's like RPG. So it's you start off like in school and then you just go into the world and you choose if you're going to be like an evil wizard or a good wizard. And you do all these like side missions and stuff and it has like an overall plot. Oh, that stuff looks sweet. How much could you dedicate yourself to being a bad wizard full time? No, I'm, I'm a Jedi. I'm too good. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I can too do good. all the evil side missions. You know what I'm saying? Like I like to do. Well, you missions. always have the choice. You you choose. I think it's like how you do the mission determines okay. if you're evil you're or not. Or like, so are you any, like just slaying mofos while you're trying to get to the main guy, <laughs> or are you like trying to save everybody? Like, okay, okay. So you can switch. It's not that I take on the identity and I'm bad. I can still, that character is malleable and he can change between. Right. And bad. Okay. okay. It's supposed to be almost, I think, like Voldemorty, where he wasn't necessarily evil to begin with as a kid, but he like became very evil very quickly. I think that motherfucker was bad. Yeah, but I think uh, in some of the books, Dumbledore was trying to like save him or something because he <laughs> so saw you know, some good. You know what that means if he was trying to save him? He was bad. <laughs> but he saw the good. <laughs> he saw it. That's a little bit of good, but overall, he was bad. That well, that's what I'm trying to kill a kid. Hey, and it's guess 20. what? You can do that in PlayStation Five now. Oh, really? You can kill. Except you put that little mark on his head. You are dying tonight, boy. It'd be like I come in there. I'm, I'm Voldemort. I'm about to sit there and, and I kill Harry's mother. I'm about to hit yeah. him. And instead, but see, I'm black, though, and I pull out the one about to put that little mark on his head, and then I pull out that Glock sideways. From the <laughs> south side see, because you don't remember the movies. So you'll be like, I'm going to do it better than this idiot, Voldemort. <laughs> all right, all right. This one um, is the last one. A uh, pastor in Idaho who called himself a no-masker uh, during a, a, a service it completely questioned the veracity of coronavirus cases from CNN. is reportedly in the ICU right now. Uh, his name is Paul Benoit. An Idaho pastor who openly flouted a local mask mandate and even told congregants they were exempt from the mandate inside his church is now recovering from COVID-19 at an intensive care unit, according to church officials. His wife also contracted coronavirus and is recovering at home. Prior to getting sick during the pandemic, pa Pastor Paul Van Noy wrote numerous Facebook posts containing false claims that said masks were not effective. In late August, his wife posted a photo of herself in a Trump mask saying, I only wear it when I have to. On September 4th, she wrote, I haven't taken this COVID seriously enough. I'm humbled. A church official tells CNN five other church staff were infected with coronavirus, but are now recovering. That's sad. 
I mean, yeah. he wants to sit there and be like, God, God, me. It just adds his name to the list of people that are just like, it's fake, it's fake, and then no, it's not. Yeah, I mean, so for instance, this, the lady wears a Trump mask, right? She says she only needs to wear it, she only wears it when she needs to. But she's basically saying that there's sometimes that she's concerned and she's trying to be, yeah. right? But yeah, When's quote-unquote need to? Exact, good point, Ryan. And you're indoors, you have a church. They didn't tell us were they holding services and how many people, if they were, were allowed inside of the services. But again, this kind of goes back to the cop, and this guy's more important than a cop because people are tithing and giving you money, and they are looking at you for guidance, spiritual guidance, and you're not taking something that's life-threatening serious whatsoever, and it's put you in the ICU. Part of the reason I don't even want to joke about it is because the gentleman's in the ICU, which means he could die. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah, he's been an idiot, but he could fucking die because you're out here playing, and you're out here fucking with lies because you're telling other people not to do it, and y'all playing games with facts. It doesn't make motherfucking sense. We already know nobody's going to fucking throw their economy down a toilet in an election year if the shit wasn't serious. And we've seen it from our discussion about Bob Woodward the other day, that Trump has been said and known that it, this shit is serious. He said, like, it's not like, it's not like the touch one. It's in the air. So that's, that's a different motherfucker right. right there, Bob, right? Right. It's, it's, you know, this is some deadly Let me be honest with you, please. Listen, it's like, it's like if you can remember that episode of Dave Chappelle, where, um, and I think I've seen someone use this as a joke, where uh, uh, you had a dude that'd be like, uh, so what was the dude? Uh, it was a, he, he, he was, oh, oh man. There was this older gentleman in Dave Chappelle that used to always jump around. Let me just look for it real quick. Give me one sec. Let me look for it real quick. Can I uh, give a PSA to uh, our listening audience and hopefully everyone abroad? Facebook gives misinformation. Don't share it. If it says something like CDC says no masks, masks are dumb, don't listen to that crap. I can't believe this pastor freaking just thought, oh, I saw a few articles, masks are BS, whatever they're saying, it's just some propaganda. And like you're a pastor too, you know, like you care over your church, over your church goers and... Don't you feel a responsibility to at least make sure you have all the facts before you start preaching as a leader? No, that person Apparently wants not. to sit there and think about politics. And because I like this person, I'm going to fall for all the BS this person is saying. And that guy has enough sense to know that that shit is BS. But yet, you know what? I don't like it because it doesn't necessarily fit the narrative of what I'm feeling right now. And that's mm -hmm. what the most important part is, you know what I'm saying? Is the narrative of what I feel. Fuck uh, what's right and wrong. And this is a pastor, you know, so fuck what's right and wrong. This dude makes me feel a certain way. Yeah, you would think that. a pastor would be, like, not political because they believe in God amongst everything. And God would want his people and his shepherds to watch over the rest of the herd. Wouldn't he? I mean, you know, if he cared about his creation, but that's a whole other story for another day. <laughs> like, for real. Like, the never-ending story. Yeah, wouldn't he? But no, that can, can't be right, right? Like, and again, you have people, and I've always been one that, you know, people that play with religion, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's senseless. I mean, I, don't even, I just don't even get why we got to kind of still stay in this, um, this silly, here, here's, here, here it is right here for you guys. 
So this is basically uh, this is basically how Trump and them are right now. If the United States goes to war with Iraq, will it first have to provide evidence that Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction? So far, the UN has found nothing, but President Bush counters with this. The nigga bought aluminum tubes. <laughs> do I need to tell you what the fuck you can do with an aluminum tube? <laughs> aluminum! <laughs> they don't skate? Fine. I don't even want to say this. <laughs> the motherfucker bought some yellow cake, okay, in Africa. He went to Africa and he bought yellow cake. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure, bitch. I got the CIA right here. He'll tell you. Are you sure? Are you sure? I can't believe you, motherfucker. Who Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Me and Jeb just coming back from Africa, cradle of fucking civilization. And this nigga out here buying yellow cake from the motherland. Are you sure it was yellow cake? Y'all niggas don't believe me. I got some yellow cake right here. Look, you see, you believe this shit now? Don't drop that I, shit. You know I know what to do with it. But I got it wrapped up in this special CIA yeah, don't napkin. Don't drop that shit. Yeah. You know, I don't drop this shit. Pray to God you don't drop that shit. Yellow cake. Fucking right. <laughs> see that? <laughs> that right there, Sid. I am yourself. seen that too. Yeah, that, that's what we dealing with right there. <laughs> Right, that's exactly what we're doing. The world that we're living in, right fucking there, man. Like, oh man. Don't drink they, that. Don't drop that. <laughs> oh, I got man. the CIA paper right <laughs> Don't don't drop that shit. <laughs> oh my god. All right, Can you all come right. back and do another season for God's uh, sakes. Basically. All right. So before we get out of here, you did say you had something you want to jump into. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm going to try to do my best impression, but this is from my quote-unquote inner Davis. I was watching <laughs> I was watching the NFL last week as, as they were celebrating black culture to kick off uh, the 2020 season. While the, those of you that are listening and watching us in the Chicagoland area, while you guys were watching Bears and Lions with the great Dick Stockton, I was watching Minnesota and Green Bay uh, via my computer and uh, the group that did the national anthem for that game was the Sound of Blackness. And mm. so just in case um, our younger audience don't know, they were uh, remembered for his for the, uh, the optimistic and the pressure from the as early night. As you keep your head to the sky. That's right. That's right. And so when I heard that, I was automatically hyped. Shout out to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis for bringing them into the mainstream in the early 90s, too. Shout out and Nesby, too. It's funny. But, um, Let me interrupt you, because when you said Minnesota, I was like, "Wait, Sound of Blackness was from from Seventh Avenue or Seventh Heaven in Princeton?" I thought about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I didn't know they were from yeah. Minneapolis. Yes. But uh, and on a serious note, for this part, they did a great job at the national anthem. Of course, many teams um, did not uh, participate in the national anthem so uh, throughout the league, and at the Sounds of Blackness uh, did their thing. Guess which team was standing in the tunnel? The Green Bay Packers. After I saw them coming out of the tunnel following the national anthem, I said, damn it, if you are black and if you are a Bears fan, you want to have another reason to hate the Packers, that is why. The Green Bay Packers did not respect the silence of blackness. They did not respect black culture. You don't respect real talent. Damn it, that's why I hate the Green Bay Packers even more. If you're a black and you're a Bears fan, you have the skin curl like me and Davis, 
That's how they wow. used to hate the Green Bay Packers. Oh, they don't always like the sound of black. Run for office. You got my vote. <laughs> Any office, Sydney, run. You got my boat. <laughs> you better motherfucking respect the sounds of blackness. <laughs> <laughs> and you should drop that song at the end of this episode, right? You think Aaron Rodgers <laughs> went to the team and was like, hey, we ain't going to part of this I got a, shit. I got a feeling Aaron ain't had nothing to do with that bullshit. Oh, I got a feeling. <laughs> Listen, he can't, even, he can't even keep another quarterback off his team from getting drafted. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Team out. Danica. Oh, your team, Rogers. We're not doing. I know what you. I know what you. You're <laughs> <laughs> gonna do that. You're gonna, do that. You're gonna put some respect on his name and Will Smith's name. Damn it, that's the start. <laughs> Why are you dragging Will Smith into this? That's as far as I'm going, I know how you little petty petty. I do not like Will Smith taking this slander. <laughs> okay, all right. Just, just, just checking. I'm just checking. Good one, Sydney. Uh, again, you can always Thank get you. Sydney on Second City Sports. Follow him at Sick and Eighty. Uh, you have Ryan's right from Real Rigor Radio. You can always find him with me and as we do our show together, our shows together, and try to even bring you more content in the future. <laughs> That's one way to end it well, Sydney. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back with that Davis show. <laughs> we'll be back with that Davis show this week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some interesting guests. If not, we'll get a guest sometime during this week, if not two. Uh, and just try to bring y'all some stuff. If anything, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick. So, uh, it, yeah, because we know that. Us here in Chicago, <laughs> we first on that information. But uh, listen, hopefully you're out there staying safe. Uh, hopefully you and your family members are being safe. And if anyone's sick, um, let, them be, uh, let them be healed and delivered from their sickness. Um, and let the grace be placed upon them. I don't try to, try to get spiritual, but I just want everybody to be fine. Um, this is try. This is trying time. Like first is like Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying was like really twenty twenty. You really going for the? You going for all of it, right? Like you you already got the title, and it's like nah, motherfucker. I'm about to take a victory lap on your bitch ass. <laughs> I keep telling yeah. everybody we're just over the halfway point of twenty twenty. It's not even close to Dude, over. I'm afraid to know what's gonna happen around Christmas time. <laughs> oh my gosh, we got election. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be something. Uh, Christmas uh, holidays. Yeah, I'm 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 frightened because this year is really doing a damn thing, and it's going into several different bags within bags. So uh, definitely, man, tell everybody you know that you care about that you love them, even if yeah. you know I'm telling you love them anyway, because that may be the last love they go get out here in these streets. And watch your back <laughs> if you were at all famous in the '90s, '80s, early 2000s, because apparently 2020 is coming. It's 2020. 2020 is coming. It's coming <laughs> uh, but yeah, we again, we definitely always appreciate it, man. And again, just stay safe. Sydney, take us out. We go. The flip.